futures suggesting a lower open this Fed Wednesday. And, well, Bob Iacchino, the founder, chief strategist of Path Training Partners, joins us this morning to talk currencies, treasuries, and financial markets. Bob, welcome. I want to begin with the U.S. dollar. It's slowed its decline over the last week or so, headed into this Fed meeting, but still is yet to reject the lows that we've seen and the move off the highs from last year. Yeah, good morning, Ben. I think uh, we're poised to do that, if I'm being honest. I mean, obviously, the market is fighting the Fed. The market in general doesn't believe the Fed. We've seen that in the equity response over the basically the beginning of this year. You know, it's funny. People talk about the Nasdaq being up 8 to 9 percent, the S&P being up 6.5 percent or so this year. People forget that that's the amount it was down in December in both those indices. So we really haven't gone anywhere since the end of November at all. And there's this sort of joyous reaction as if this is the turnaround and the lead to a new bull market. I don't think the Fed likes that attitude at all. And I think it's likely to be reflected at least short term in the dollar. But then longer term, you can't get away from this idea that global central banks, specifically the Bank of England and the ECB, are behind the Fed's curve. The inflation hit those countries later, hard, and maybe harder in some cases like the UK, but it hit later. Their aggressive rate hikes began later. They're likely to remain more aggressive in terms of where they're driving their terminal rates longer than the Fed. We know the Fed is going 25 basis points today. The CME Fed watch tool is up over 99%. I've never seen it be over 95% and not have that be the outcome of the Fed's move. So I'm gonna stick with it. That tool is pretty accurate, at least from a perspective of what the market is pricing. There was some talk earlier this week about the Fed shocking the market with 50. I think that's a virtual, a virtual certainty that that doesn't happen. So. We become in a situation where we watch the statement again and more so the press conference. I suspect the move in the dollar early is going to come from the fact that the Fed's doing 25 and that's probably toward a weaker dollar. But then in the press conference, and not so much in the statement, but in the press conference, I do expect the chairman to use some form of language similar to Christine Lagarde where he scolds the market and basically says, you don't believe us, you should. Well, he's used that language for a while, right? He's kind of pushed back against uh, the uh, easing of uh, um, uh, financial conditions here. Bob, in terms of the U.S. dollar firming back up here again, I mean, there's a couple scenarios that could sort of uh, help create that. Obviously, the indices, if we get some uh, a bit more of a hawkish tone from Fed, from Fed Chair Jerome Powell, if he pushes back against the move up that we've seen throughout the month of January to begin the year. And to your point, I mean, we've been talking about how we're still holding below those December highs that we saw SPX up around 4,100, the ES up around 4,180, or ultimately rates on the rise here again. I mean, if we were to start to inch back up off this 3.5% level back to 4, I mean, I'd imagine that would create a bit of a headwind for stocks and a bit of a foundation for the dollar to kind of establish some uh, uh, footing on. Uh, maybe holding its lows, but I think the dollar is going to establish a new range lower here. Um, we're not going to go back to uh, post immediate post-pandemic lows. I think what you're talking about here now is a situation where it's rate differentials and the central bank activity. And that's likely to keep pressure on the dollar. Again, not take it back. You know, the market has this narrative that the Fed is going to pivot to rate cuts. And I keep trying to figure out why the, Fed, the market believes this as a general statement, as a general rule. You know, I looked at the Chicago Fed um, financial conditions index this morning. 
and we have looser financial conditions, for lack of a better term, I can't really think of a better way to say that, but financial conditions along with credit and risk are as loose as they've been going all the way back to May of 2022. And May of 2022, that's a bunch of rate hikes ago. So we put these rate hikes in place, yet financial conditions loosen. You take that and you combine that with some estimates of the jobs number tomorrow, the biggest one I've seen, or Friday I should say, is 300,000. I mean, we continue to add jobs. You continue to see the jobless claims be sub 200 as of last week with that 180 and change number that we got. Um, so why would the Fed all of a sudden start to go, well, you know, we're a little tight, even though the data has been slowing. Data has definitely been slowing. But what's the Fed talked about? Inflation, wages, and employment. Employment still strong. Wages still growing as per the last employment cost index figures that we saw and the last wage figures we saw in the previous non-farm payrolls. The only where we're seeing even a slight amount of weakness is this inflation. And if you look at the PCE numbers, prices are still going up. They're just going up at a slower rate. So I think we're fooling ourselves by thinking that the Fed is all of a sudden going to buckle when they're saying they're not going to, and the data is not pointing to any reason in my view that they should, and the market's playing that way. So to your point, Ben, about the dollar, I think you're right. I think it's gonna establish a little bit of a base lower, and that is probably the base that I think you're talking about. You know, I'm kind of curious, if we were to see the Fed maybe get a little more aggressive in terms of 50 basis point rate hike this time around, which probably isn't going to happen, don't get me wrong, but I'm thinking maybe the market could say, okay, everything, the worst case scenario is in the rear view mirror. And then I'm sort of wondering if they go 25 today, signal 25 in March, but also potentially a pause after that, then maybe the market again could sort of say, hey, the worst is behind us. I'm wondering that's sort of what's been priced in, in terms of this recent run-up we've seen as far as the indices and uh, the Fed's indication. Is there any expectation of talk of a pause? I mean, at some point they got to start to, uh, what was the word, talk about talking about it, right? Or think about <laughs> thinking about it, I think, uh, uh, what they were talking about when they were kind of uh, getting into the raise rate uh, mentality. Yeah, I think they got to think about thinking about talking about talking about it. That's got to be the process there. But from my perspective, I think the thing that the market is underestimating is how long the Fed will hold rates here. Again, you look at the market right now and they're pricing in cuts in 2023. I think that's crazy unless the data changes. I'm glad I'm on with you every week so we can talk about it again next week. And unless Jerome Powell says, look, we've seen enough to start actually thinking about, thinking about, talking about bringing rates back down. But it took 27 years for rates to get to zero. And I suspect people are fooling themselves. We just got so comfortable with this low rate regime. Yet a lot of us, myself included, and some of the people who are saying they're going to cut rates by the end of the year, have been talking about normalizing rates. And so now the Fed actually gets involved in the process of normalizing rates and we get spooked. The stock market right now believes it. Look, I want the Fed to speak dovishly because I want to buy stocks. I can't right now because there's no reason for them to say, we're going to pause and we're going to look at cuts. The pause itself, Ben, for me, doesn't justify buying equities at multiples that we saw during the pandemic. That to me is crazy. I mean, you're talking about where, where interest rates were zero and negative. Yeah. We're at that multiple now. Why would we do that with a Fed funds rate that's going to four and a half to four and three quarters today? Why would we be at that same multiple? I can't figure that out.
That makes a lot of sense, and I think there's a lot of people wondering the same thing, but yet again, stocks have been rallying. We were talking about it in the office yeah. here as uh, we've had a lot of naysayers throughout the month of January, and you know how oftentimes the market kind of goes against uh, what you most, I should say, expect. Bob, talk to us a little bit about the data in terms of what we've been seeing, because it does seem like over the last week or so we've seen a bit of a shift here from good being bad to good being good again, and really, you know, I said the last week or so, I feel like it started the last time we saw the non-farm payrolls number, but you said you're expecting a strong jobs report tomorrow or, or Friday. What would a really strong number do for the market at this point? Could we see that as something positive, or is that seen, again, as a bit of a headwind in terms of the Fed's initiatives? So the push-pull we've got going on is recession or no recession, right? And I think some people are, are hoping for a recession so that the Fed cuts rates. I'm not even sure that they would cut rates in a confirmed recession, but we'll have to wait and see if that happens. From a perspective of, of good news being good news again, what you need is a similar uh, dynamic to what we have going on in the inflation story right now. So the data's been bad. We can look at the uh, S&P PMIs, we can look at the ISM. The data was stronger yet still in contraction. That's the good data that we want, right? We wanna see the market coming out mm -hmm. of the doldrums mm -hmm. in order to get bulled up stocks, for example. Okay, you wanna see the market, the S&P PMIs and then the ISM in contraction, but doing better in less of a contractive level than they were in the last set of data. That to me is the good news. If you see good news, if all of a sudden you see the next set of ISM uh, Institute of Supply Managers, Purchasing Managers Index go into 52 range, 54 range, that's terrible news. Because that too takes good. away the, the market's idea that the Fed can actually ease financial yeah. conditions yeah. into 2023, which again, Chicago Fed National Financial Conditions Index, looser than last month. It's the loosest financial conditions we've seen since May of 2022. So conditions are already loose. We'll see if they push back against that. And along those lines, we actually saw China get back above that boomer bust level in terms of some of the data that they put out uh, yesterday. We were talking about that a little bit stronger than expected. So uh, maybe signaling again along those lines uh, uh, that we are in a situation where the Fed may not be uh, so much in control. It definitely seems like yields are suggesting that. Bob, appreciate you joining us. The founder of the Chief Strategy, the Path Trading Partners.